0: And welcome to the Vexilogicast. From the home of John Barry, one of three people considered the father of the American Navy, I'm Simon the Cannibal. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about the flags of South Carolina, New Hampshire, and Virginia. As always, you can find more information about these flags on Vexilogicast.com. That is is v-e-x-i-l-l-o-g-i-c-a-s-t.com, And discussion is on the subreddit r slash Simon the Cannibal. Before we jump into it, I just wanted to apologize for the delay. There was a slight tech issue, which bloomed into a larger tech issue, which then ran up against that period of time that I wanted to take off. But I'm glad to say that I'm back, and we'll hopefully have episodes up over the next few weeks. As mentioned, let's start right in with South Carolina. South Carolina's flag is that iconic Crescent and Palmetto. It is a blue flag with a white crescent in the canton, and you'll note I'm saying crescent with a white palmetto in the center. That is kind of a palm tree. I'm not exactly clear on what the difference between a palmetto and a palm tree is, but suffice to say, there is a tree with palm fronds on it in the center of the flag. The design goes back to 1775, where William Moultrie designed a flag to fly during the American Revolution. According to legend, according to history, he designed the flag to look like his soldiers' uniforms. His soldiers' uniforms were a navy blue, and on the hat, they had a small gorget in silver. What is a gorget, you may ask? A gorget was traditionally the throat piece of armor for a knight or other armor-clad person, which, as armies de-armored, That little piece stuck around a little bit and was used for various things, including even to this day as dog tags in some armies. For our purposes, the gorget moved from the throat of William Moultrie's troops to the hat of William Moultrie's troops and became kind of a symbolic crescent. It was no longer recognizable as armor whatsoever, but rather a decoration. So the flag he designed was an all-navy blue flag, With this little white crescent in the canton, and on the crescent it had the word liberty. This is a very traditional flag. You'll see this flying every once in a while. It's a pretty nifty flag, but it does have a lot of blue on it, which I think is why people have modified it such that it has the white crescent in the canton, and then the word liberty written across the bottom in white. And this is actually the flag of liberty, South Carolina, the town. To make a long story short, William Moultrie flew his flag during the defense of Sullivan's Island in the American Revolution. And according to legend there, you know, the troops were great, all that was great, but he used palmettos to construct his fort with, and those helped keep the British at bay. So over the years, the flag changed bits and pieces to the point where in 1861, we see a version of the current flag flying over Fort Sumter, as the opening act of the Civil War. And again, the current version is that white crescent in the canton and a palmetto in the center. They've changed a few details over the years, but that 1861 version, after the Confederate victory at Fort Sumter, is the version, more or less, that South Carolina uses today. South Carolina also used a secession flag, which I mentioned back in episode 11, which is that... Confederate battle flag, but instead of a saltire, it is a cross with crescent and palmetto in the canton. All in all, it's a great flag. One of the few state flags I would say keep as it is. It's distinct. It it is ubiquitous amongst South Carolina residents. I see a lot of cars that have, you know, just a circle of blue with the crescent and palmetto on it. And it is just a well-used recognizable flag. Normally, I like to jump into a flag of a city, but I do have to say South Carolina is fairly lacking in that. Again, the only flag of note is that of Liberty, South Carolina, which again uses the variant of the Moultrie flag. Otherwise, it's pretty much seals on bedsheets as far as the eye can see. Speaking of seals on bedsheets, that brings me to the New Hampshire flag. Nothing exciting here. I, I, I wish there were something a little bit more exciting to say about the New Hampshire flag, but it looks just like the other 20, 30 flags of the United States. In this case, the seal is that of the USS Raleigh, which was constructed in Portsmouth in New Hampshire. So for lack of flag related information, let me tell you a little bit about the USS Raleigh, which is also why I mentioned John Barry at the beginning of the episode. The USS Raleigh was authorized in 1775, it was launched in 1776 from Portsmouth, and was one of the original ships that was authorized by Congress. At that point in time, obviously the Continental Congress. So it was authorized in launched in 76, and unfortunately captured in 1778. It was a 32-gun frigate of the new American design, and was named after Sir Walter Raleigh, who if we can go tangent on tangent here, was a big contributor to a, basically the first travel guidebook, which was disseminated by a guy by the name of Hacklite or Hackloot, depending on how you want to pronounce it, which basically was the sailor's guidebook as these early European sailors made their way around the world. So if you can imagine, like the first AAA roadmap or Michelin guidebook or whatever, Sir Walter Raleigh, was contributing to that, and I have a copy, and it's a very interesting read uh, to to hear what all was going on there. Anyhow, the USS Raleigh was named after Sir Walter Raleigh, and the USS Raleigh saw action along the English coast, uh, in France, in the West Indies, and due to some captaining issues and the politics of the day, in 1778, the Naval Commission decided to replace the current captain with John Barry who, through force of will, was able to resupply the ship, restock everything, repair the ship, and bring on a whole new crew just by being himself. And he floated it out, and it was immediately captured. Which is just this irony, but but hey, that's how war goes, right? (laughs) To add one more little irony to the story, as a British ship... It took place in the capturing of Charleston, South Carolina, which brings us right back to the terrible seal on bedsheet flags of the cities in South Carolina. So an interesting little, I I hope you found that interesting. I I find it fun to read about, but I suppose we should get back to flags. I would love to see New Hampshire change its flag to somehow reflect the things about its state as opposed to that one ship they built one time. I immediately think of the Old Man in the Mountain. I immediately think of it as the Granite State. There was a fantastic flag designed on the Vexillology subreddit that had black, skinny, six-pointed stars on a white field and something else going on. I have to find it. I will link it on the subreddit and probably actually put it as the cover art for this episode. But it was a very interesting flag that the guy made that kind of reflected this white, speckled with black, granite of the granite state. The one city flag that I will talk about in New Hampshire is that of Concord, New Hampshire, which is a flag of a Canadian pale. So again, that vertical tricolor, one, two, one, in this case of blue, white, blue. And on that is a red Concord coach. It's a striking flag. It's an appealing flag. And apparently the Concord coach was a, a big deal and was later... Bought or somehow incorporated into what would become Wells Fargo. Our final flag today is that of Virginia. Again, it's a seal on a bedsheet. The seal itself was designed in 1776, but it was added to the flag in 1861. Mirroring again that of South Carolina where it was this Civil War flag. And its current design dates from 1950. The seal in this case is that of a woman with a spear on top of a tyrant. It's a very cool seal. I really like it. You know, it has six Semper tyrannis on it, but doesn't make for a great flag. That being said, it is the only flag that I can think of that has a partially naked lady on it, which I suppose gives its special reference. I would love to see Virginia take some of the elements from this, perhaps the spear and the crown, perhaps the Phrygian cap that is on the reverse of the seal, something like that, play with it such that it's a little bit easier to reproduce, and it isn't just another seal on a bed sheet. To wrap this up, I have two cities in Virginia that I wanted to mention. The first is Hampton Roads, which I know very little about, except that the flag was fairly striking. It is a horizontal bicolor of blue and green, with a bit of a wave in between a fimbriation of white, with a circle of white stars in the center. It's a pretty nifty little flag, distinct... Again, I don't know anything much about Hampton Roads itself, but the flag jumped out at me on the list of flags in Virginia. The final flag is one of my favorite flags to bring up in casual conversation, and that is the flag of Richmond, Virginia, which, as I like to jokingly tell people, is the only flag I can think of that is a reference to a part of a woman's anatomy in that it has a little man in a boat on the flag. The flag itself is striking and immediately recognizable. It is cut in half horizontally, one big blue stripe on top, and two smaller red stripes on the bottom, fimbriated by white. In the center there is a white figure in a boat, and this is to represent a Batoman. I'm not entirely sure how to pronounce the word. It's kind of a small boat, bargey kind of thing that would bring commerce in and out of the city. The person is surrounded by a halo of white stars. All in all, a fantastic flag, and honestly, one of the best city flags that I've seen. According to some, however, apparently, this flag is not flown as often in Richmond, Virginia, rather a city commerce flag that just has the letters RVA is flown more often. I would love to have some confirmation of that if Any exists. But yes, Richmond, Virginia. Great flag, guys. I really like it. So I'll let you go with that. Again, South Carolina, New Hampshire, Virginia. I hope that you'll check out the flags on vexillogicast.com. Of course, you can hit me up in the subreddit r slash simonthecannibal. I'm also on Facebook, Twitter, Patreon, and all that sort of thing. I hope to be back on schedule. But of course, this is me we're talking about. So fingers crossed on that one. Thanks for listening and best wishes from the Vexilogic cast.